You are listening to the Fringe Radio Network. FringeRadioNetwork.com Listening to Earth Oddity, a weekly odyssey into all the oddity planet Earth has to offer. And now, serving it up are Christopher Tiny Sullivan and John Long. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Earth Oddity, um, brought to you by Cajun Curl. (laughs) And uh, we were glad that you're joining us again on our new day um, for the second time ever. Um, we have uh, a lot of exciting stories this week. Um, got someone who used hot sauce as a weapon in a robbery. And yeah, that uh, was Paul Blart, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that's my co-host, as you know, Tiny, Christopher Tiny Sullivan. How's everybody doing? I'm sure they're great. <laughs> well, they're listening to I, Earth Oddity, yeah, so that's right. they can't be doing too bad. That's right. They're, they're, uh, they're the best they can be. They're living their best life, I believe is what the kids are saying now. Absolutely. And Joel Osteen are saying now. So I have, uh, I'm assuming you had a pretty good week. Yeah, it's been all right. Yeah. How was the camping trip? <laughs> it was great. We had a good time. We we hiked about probably about six miles round trip, so it okay. wasn't horrible, but... It was a good good time. Good time. Put all them uh, crucial Eagle Scout skills to the test. It did. Building a fire with wet wood was, <laughs> like I said, was very difficult. But we actually got one roaring by the end of the night. But it took us a few hours to get it going. And but luckily, I still remember how to do all that. We had three Eagle Scouts on the trip, and we uh, we were able to all put our skills to use in one way or another. So but awesome yeah for hudson's first hiking trip it was great and we went to sipsy wilderness which is one of the most beautiful places in alabama it really is uh, land of waterfalls it really is yeah and it it hadn't been that long since it rained you know we're maybe oh, two, yeah. two so, days out of a lot of rain i bet the falls were falling yeah, weren't they right yes and got all our boots muddy and everything <laughs> so also had to have a conversation with Hudson about just because you have waterproof boots on doesn't mean you need to just walk in the water right? Know, because sometimes depth changes and it can come in over the top of your boots. And, and then you're in trouble. And then you have wet feet on a very cold night, which is what happened to him. But oh, you live and you learn, and that's fine. I was glad, and he, he did okay. He forgot to pack his fleece jacket, so... Uh-oh. All he have is his little shell rain jacket, and uh, so I guarantee he won't forget to pack it again. <laughs> uh, it was pretty fun, though. Oh, man. Well, I'll tell you what. I have some good stories, and I would like to start with this one right here. Do you remember the homeless man who gave his last $20 to help the lady? Yes. Yeah. We we did a story and on him before. We've talked about it a couple times yeah, now. There because was controversy. Yeah. They weren't giving him the money. They right. were instead, you know, buying a new car and going to the casino every weekend. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> that story has made the news again. We're about to take another turn here. Headline is couple and homeless man accused of setting up GoFundMe campaign that was predicated on a lie. Oh. They're saying now that 
I mean, yes, he didn't get his fair share of the money. Right. But the whole thing was was contrived. The whole thing was made up. (laughs) Okay. They're all in cahoots. (laughs) They were all in cahoots. Okay. According to a, a prosecutor here, check this out. And this comes from CNN. A New Jersey couple and a homeless man have been accused of making up a feel-good story that raised more than $400,000 through a GoFundMe. Wow. The couple, Kate McClure and Mark D'Amico, and the man, Johnny Bobbitt Jr., face charges of second-degree theft by deception and conspiracy to commit theft by deception, Burlington County Prosecutor Scott Kofna said Thursday. The couple had said that they met Bobbitt, and he gave her his last $20. Of course, we all know the story. Right. She was, like, out of gas? Yeah, she was out of gas, and he's a homeless man, and he gives her his last $20, so she can get some gas, and then she's like, well, I'm going to pay this forward. I'm going to, you know, help get you out of homelessness, you know, and I'm going to set up a GoFundMe, and then Uh this GoFundMe almost got half a million dollars. (laughs) That's pretty amazing. That's enough to get most anybody out of homelessness, I would assume. It would help get me into a better home. (laughs) Yes. Anyway, the paying it forward story that drove the fundraiser might seem too good to be true, Kafina said at a press conference. Unfortunately, it was. The entire campaign was predicated on a lie. After fees, the proceeds of the campaign netted about $367,000, and it was all deposited into McClure's accounts. Bobbitt received $75,000, and within months, the the couple, they had squandered their share to buy a car, high-end handbags, trips, casinos, Uh, (laughs) you name it. Yeah. Uh, At this point... The homeless man, uh, Bobbitt, he went to get him a lawyer. The prosecutor here, while he stressed that Bobbitt, while he is a veteran and he deserves thanks for his service to the country and sympathy for his situation, he was fully complicit in the crime, making media appearances to help promote the fraudulent campaign. Oh, now it all comes out. (laughs) It's all coming out. According to the prosecutor, McClure and D'Amico first met Bobbitt at an off-ramp near a casino that they frequented at least a month before the GoFundMe campaign went live. Uh They went back to the spot a month later, and they took a picture of McClure and Bobbitt, and that was the picture that became the face of the GoFundMe campaign. Investigators reviewed more than 67,000 text messages in the case, including Uh one that McClure sent to a friend that read, quote, Okay, so while the gas part is completely made up, the guy is not, and I had to come up with something to make people feel bad. Oh, no. Oh, no. I just want to say a quick prayer for the paralegal who had to, like, sort through all those text messages, like, sitting in an office reading all those and, like, categorizing them as relevant or not. That's Well, maybe some of them were interesting. Sure, right. (laughs) Make the job a little less boring. I would hate for the person who gets my, you know, text messages to read because there's some pretty bizarre ones I see in sometimes (laughs) to different people. Says that, uh, in other texts, the couple discussed their inability to pay bills and their mounting debts, which I would like to say maybe they shouldn't be hanging out with casinos so yeah, much. That sounds like they got a problem. <laughs> yes. Kafina also pointed out that Bobbitt posted a remarkably similar story to his Facebook page in 2012. Oh. At the time, he wrote that he had come across a woman who had run out of gas and had a flat tire at a Walmart in North Carolina and that he gave her the last of his money. I don't think that's a coincidence, Kafina said. Yeah. GoFundMe has committed to providing a full refund to the campaign's 14,000 donors. D'Amico and McClure surrendered Wednesday night, and they were released pending a court date. Uh, Bobbitt was also taken into custody in Philadelphia, and he is awaiting extradition. I wonder where they're sitting. I guess back to New Jersey. Yeah, I guess so. 
Second-degree crimes in New Jersey carry the potential of five to ten years in jail. Mm. So They'll get probation. At least he won't be homeless. Yeah, yeah true. He will have, some, yeah. Yeah, have somewhere to lay his head down. I mean, kind of a good news, bad news. That's true. Hey, hey, but we told everybody we were going to help him become not homeless again. Oh, mercy. I mean, that's, that's wild. That's... that's uh, I don't know. This is why I don't donate to things. I hate to say it, but yeah. it really is why. Right. Like I, I donate to, you know, charities that I trust and, yeah. and people that I know. Right. You yeah. know, like if we have a, a missionary come to our church and speak to us, sure. I mean, I suppose he could be you know, fleecing me too, but True. I, I'm a lot more likely to believe him right. than I am to believe this random person random on the internet me. who yeah. made up a story. None yeah. of it was true. I feel like the process to start a GoFundMe is a little too easy. You right. know, like me and you could go on right now and just start one, make up something. In fact, we should do that. We should like <laughs> get the Earth Oddity podcast to not be homeless or something and see. Or how about this? What if we want to launch an expedition to Antarctica to okay. find out if the Earth is flat or not. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. Now, that's it's, not cheap. We're going to need no, several need million, yeah. not one, several. Yeah. Well, I'm say, except, like, if we hit our goal, are we really going to have to go to Antarctica? Because that's, I mean, it's like serious cold down there. It was like in the mid-30s this when I was camping out, <laughs> and it's like serious cold down there. Well, if we raise enough, then, you know, we can... just get all the equipment and everything we need. We get a cruise ship. We don't have to stay. We don't have to sit out on deck. We True. can just hang out in the at the bar <laughs> in the casino. In the casino. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't have to go out there and play shuffleboard. We can sit right. in the hot tub. Yeah, that's true. But we would have to investigate. And then when we come back, we flip a coin. <laughs> and we, whether we say we discovered if it was round or not. I feel like for Gabe's sake, we should just immediately say it's flat. And like, you were right about everything. <laughs> I think we should come back <laughs> and we should be like, okay, well, we, we sailed as far as we could. And we took pictures, but they were inconclusive. We're going to have to watch another go <laughs> to do it again. to take another to take another expedition. It's become to our research that the best way to view the Earth is from the Bahamas. So we're going to have to go. We're going to have to stay at least four to six months down there doing our our study. Yeah, like I say, it's it's. I don't know. You know, I'm I'm hard hearted anyways. That's one of my <laughs> faults. But this is why I I mean, I see it all the time. People are like, you know, go fund me for this and for that. I'm just like, I can't do it. You know? Right. And some of the people I like actually really like and love, but mm-hmm. I feel like hey, just call me up and then I would probably be more likely to give you cash. Um, now that I've said that on air, <laughs> let me just say to everyone, don't call me up and ask me for cash. <laughs> Unless it's a legitimate reason. Right. And I mean, we got to be pretty tight. You know, I'm not, I don't mind handing in. If you're an acquaintance, I mean, just know, know your role. Because you've okay? got a lot of acquaintances. I got a lot of acquaintances. Very few close friends. They can't, they can't all right. get a dollar. But you know, like you said, if someone in our church was going through a hard time, I would I would have no problem because right. I know that person. I know they have a need, and and I would want to help meet that need. Mm-hmm. Same way with like tithing to the church or giving to charities that we believe in that we know do good work. I have right. no problem doing to that. Uh, but helping pay for somebody's aunt Mabel's 
funeral. I'm not donating to that. I know that's bad, but I'm just not doing it. I'm sorry. <laughs> and maybe I'm the only one that will admit that out loud because I'm dumb enough to say stuff like that. But right. Yeah, I'm not giving to that to some like person that I haven't spoken to since I graduated high school. Is grandma uh, who you know needs help with her funeral expenses or whatever. And I'm not donating at Publix when they ask me in the checkout line to help sick children. Well, I, well we've talked about this before. This right. when, when when they're asking for a dollar in the checkout line. Yeah, that's a total scam. I was about to say, okay, those kids are getting that money, but yeah. Publix or whoever, they're also getting a quite nice yes, tax break right. at the end of the year. So. Yeah. so I won't do that. I would just like to end this story with the last line of the article here. It says, asked by a reporter... If the trio would have gotten away with the deception had they not been fighting over money, the prosecutor says there's a good chance they might have. Uh-huh. So, yeah. <laughs> as always, you know, the uh, the three here who, who contrived this whole thing, they got to arguing over money. That's right. That's what got them busted. Yeah, well, that'll do it every time, you know. Yeah. You got to have a lock-solid team if you're going to pull <laughs> off a crime. Yes. If I've learned anything from movies. Would Ocean's Eleven, do you think they would have fought over the money? You know, no, I feel no. like you just kill all the people who are, you know, possible weak links, you know, once you commit the crime. I, I, probably, I was supposed to kill the bus driver. Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't seen all, you know, I know there's been like four or five sequels of that now or whatever, but I've only saw the original one. Yeah. Um, and, you know, um, there was actually like a real original one from back in the 60s or something, I think. Yeah. I, I've never seen that one. So I haven't seen the original. I've seen the the what most people would think is the original who know nothing about movies, mm-hmm. which is me. All right, so anyways, moving on to a dude that could fund many GoFundMes. Uh, and and just a, a little twist in our normal uh, format, I'm going to report this story instead of Tiny. Um <laughs> his biggest fan uh but it's elon musk celebrates boring companies big breakthrough at end of test tunnel um so as we've talked about before elon here is uh you know modern day tony stark he really is and he decided he was tired of traffic in la and he wanted to make tunnels to get around um and uh, alleviate some of the traffic problems out there um and so he named the company the Boring Company, which is a great name. Because <laughs> they bore under the ground. Yeah, they bore under the ground. But just listen to the yes. Boring Company. Hey, I'm the president of the Boring Company. It's pretty cool to say. <laughs> yeah. He raised a lot of money by selling hats. Yeah. And then he raised some more money by, by selling, selling flamethrowers. Flamethrowers, right. <laughs> which I've seen videos of those on the internet. They're pretty cool. I, I, I came close to buying yeah. one. They're pretty cool. My wife I mean, stopped me. It's probably for the best. I would say I don't think it's anything that me and you with redneck ingenuity couldn't <laughs> couldn't create. Yeah. But it wouldn't look as cool as that. And It'd it be a lot of more duct tape and, and stuff. And it wouldn't be branded, you know, boring yeah, company. Right, which is yes. really what you're buying. Yeah. There's not going to be like another. No. <laughs> there's not going to be a second run of these. <laughs> So the Boring Company's cutting-edge technology got a shout-out from billionaire founder Elon Musk, uh, which is short, if you don't remember, for elongated muskrat. (laughs) Um, Tonight, after the venture's tunneling machine, nicknamed Godot, broke through into a vertical exit shaft in Hawthorne, California. Congratulations on completing the L.A. Hawthorne Tunnel, Musk wrote in a tweet. Um... The breakthrough apparently finishes up the heavy-duty boring job for a test tunnel that connects a parking lot next to SpaceX headquarters to another piece of property purchased by the boring company. Uh, 
Musk mandated the project to demonstrate a low-cost, small-bore approach to urban tunneling. The first mile-long section of the Hawthorne Test Tunnel, including a spurter line to the exit shaft known as O'Leary Station, is scheduled to open for invitation-only tours starting on December 10th. So, clear your calendar, Tiny. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I feel like we'll be... I want to go look at the boring yeah, tunnel. I want to go ahead and just put in for that day off at work so we can, <laughs> we'll can we be able to make it out there. Um, they received permits from the officials, city officials in Hawthorne, which is a Los Angeles suburb, suburb, to do the digging and set up a system that could transport cars and people on electric-powered skates, which is cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, to avoid traffic, to avoid adding to traffic congestion, any cars passing through the system would have to be raised out of the tunnel on an elevator known as a loop lift that's connected to a residential style housing garage and head back to SpaceX the same way. Hmm. The purpose is to demonstrate that a lift can be built in a very small footprint and within existing buildings, whether they are houses, office buildings, or retail parking lots, the boring company says. Um, looking forward, one could have a lift in the basement of every office building, allowing extremely convenient commutes. In addition to the test tunnel, the boring company has a variety of more practical tunneling projects on its agenda, including underground loops that would connect downtown Chicago and O'Hara International Airport, um, and connect Baltimore and Washington, D.C., a, and a run from yet to be determined Los Angeles, a yet to be determined Los Angeles neighborhood to Dodger Stadium. Because hmm. if you're in, if you know anything about sports, everybody talks about how crazy traffic is getting in and out of Dodger Stadium. Right. The nice thing about tonight's breakthrough is that the tunneling machine can now be lifted out of its hole for the boring company's next job. There's no longer any need to be waiting for Godot, which is like a theater joke if there are anybody <laughs> out here that knows anything about the play Waiting for Godot. Um, so anyways, so he's actually got it up and running, off the ground, I guess was probably not the right terminology, but it's under the ground. Under the ground. And it's working, and they've completed a, a mile-long tunnel, which is pretty impressive in, in not a very long amount of time, I don't think. No, so, yeah. If you talk about from the time they kind of announced this to building the machine to digging the tunnel, you know, that's all pretty, pretty cool. And this is a story from uh, earlier, but they said that, you know, all that dirt, he's going to take all that dirt and he's has this way to compress it into these bricks and he's going to sell bricks, you know, huh. at, you know, super cheap prices for, huh. for, you know, building projects and that's stuff. That's actually pretty cool. So, yeah. So it's not yeah. just, you know, there's not just going to be like a mountain yeah, of dirt, dirt out right. there somewhere. All hmm. this, uh, I'm assuming that all that, you know, is going to be going into buildings, houses. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. That's pretty, pretty cool. cool. Yeah. I didn't know that part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm impressed. Uh, I'm, I will say, you know, I, I don't know anything about California. I don't either. I'm, I've never been there. Right. I've seen pictures. Uh, but I think know, it's on fire at the moment. Yes, definitely. Yeah. It's, that's been crazy. There's some, I don't know if you saw all about what Donald Trump said about <laughs> raking, you know, if they just raked their farms, they wouldn't have these problems. Anyways, I want to get off that rabbit trail. I, okay. And again, I do not know. <laughs> do they not do fire breaks and stuff? I realize that it's a super dry state. I, and I would imagine. Much more would. likely to, to catch on fire. Right. But uh, 
I would imagine they yeah. would. I don't know though. I don't know the. I don't know if they do control burns. You mm-hmm. know, control burns are kind of big in the south yeah. to help you know get rid of underbrush and mm-hmm. prevent real forest fires because you're doing it in a controlled setting. I and think our it, humidity probably helps us out there true, some too. Right. <laughs> and it helps with a uh, you know forest growth overall. Yeah, I don't know what all they do with forest management. I have no idea mm-hmm. how the forest management system works in California. Apparently, our president thinks, our they, president need to, thinks- they need to drag a rake through there every <laughs> once in a while and just take care of this problem. <laughs> but back to my original point, I don't know anything about California. I know that they have a lot of earthquakes, mm-hmm. which tunnels and earthquakes to me seems like a bad you know, like system. But I'm not a billionaire. Well, like, I read an article about that. They say that a tunnel is actually one of the safer places to be huh. in an earthquake. Oh, yeah? Yeah, something about the... I don't think you'll ever convince me of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fine, but uh, something about the spherical shape, you know, it makes it hard it's stronger. to... It's strong, exactly. Yeah. It's stronger. Huh. Like, you know, think of a honeycomb, basically, yeah. you know. Huh. Um, well, I mean, a triangle is the strongest shape, right? <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I've been told. Yeah, that's what I've been so told. So maybe too. we should... I watched a like IMAX video on that. <laughs> we should dig triangle tunnels. Yeah, well, maybe that should be our venture. Let's start a GoFundMe. Right what would now. we call it? Um, I don't know. The isosceles. No, I think it's going to be equilateral. Equilateral. Yeah. Acute. The acute company. <laughs> the acute company. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. So check the Facebook page for the GoFundMe when it gets going. If you guys want to get in on the ground floor. Yeah. Was it under the under the ground floor? It's true. (laughs) (laughs) Was it called a Kickstarter or something where you do it for businesses? Yeah. There's yeah. Yeah. Well, there's also I think Indiegogo. Oh, I don't even know about that. It's less popular, but some people use it because you actually don't have to meet your goal. You get Uh, whatever you do. If we raise five dollars, we get that five five dollars. Okay. That may be what we need to do. <laughs> well, if we just set our goal really low and then everything we ex- get over that, then we might could you get to keep. Yeah. You know, on on a other one. But like And then we're like, we took that money and we hired a engineer and yeah. he come back and said the math was impossible. Just that can't you can't do have you can't a dig. cute triangle tunnel. So <laughs> can't dig tunnels like that. We don't have the technology to do it. I don't know. All right. What you oh, got yeah. next? Our next article, Japan Cybersecurity Minister admits that he has never used a computer. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like he could work in our government. <laughs> yeah. Yoshitaka Sakurada also seemed confused by the concept of a USB drive when he was asked about it in Parliament. <laughs> I'm confused with how to put a USB drive in. I just want to be completely transparent. I always put it in the wrong way. And the other thing I do, which harkens back to growing up with the Nintendo, is I always blow in it before I put it in. <laughs> no joke. That is no joke at all. Like a whistle? No, I just like, you know, just to clear the dust out of it or whatever so it works. <laughs> but then I put it in wrong and I have to try the other way. You know, you try to put it in, it won't work. And yeah. then you turn it around and it won't work. And then you turn it back the other way and it'll like go in. And you're like, why didn't it work the first time? It's very frustrating to me. Well, maybe you should apply to yeah. be their cybersecurity. Like I got a future in Japan's government. <laughs> yes. Yeah. A Japanese minister in charge of cybersecurity has provoked astonishment by admitting that he has never used a computer in his professional life, and he was confused by the concept of a USB drive, much like yourself. Yes, right. (laughs) 
Uh, Yoshitaka 68 is the deputy chief of the government's cybersecurity strategy office and also the minister in charge of the Olympic and Paralympic Games that Tokyo will host in 2020. Okay. In Parliament on Wednesday, however, he admitted that he doesn't know how to use computers. Since the age of 25, I have instructed my employees and secretaries so that I don't use a computer myself, he said in a response to an opposition question in a lower house session local media reported. He also appeared confused by the question when asked about whether USB drives were in use at Japanese nuclear facilities. Okay. So I would like to hope that they weren't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You don't want somebody just taking one home with them or whatever. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. His comments were met by, with incredulity by opposition lawmakers. It's unbelievable that someone who has not touched computers is responsible for cybersecurity <laughs> policies. The opposition law- lawmaker... Masato Emi, in his comments, provoked a firestorm online. Doesn't he feel ashamed, wrote one Twitter user. Today, any company president uses a PC, and he doesn't even know what a USB is. Really? Holy cow. (laughs) (laughs) Really, I think he's brilliant. He's like, I cannot get hacked because I don't use a computer. Therefore, I am the leading authority on not getting hacked. All of you other people have opened yourself up to exposure. He just played it the wrong way. He's got to turn it back on him. Uh, if a t- if a hacker targets this minister Sakurada, they wouldn't be able to steal any information. Indeed, it might be the strongest kind of security. There we go. There See, go. whoever wrote this, nah, <laughs> we know what we're talking about. Uh, says that he had been in office for just over a month after being appointed in a cabinet reshuffle following Prime Minister Shinzo Abe's re-election as head of his political party. His Luddite tendencies aside... Sakurada has also struggled to master his Olympic brief less than two years before the games opened in Tokyo. Oh. So, anyway. There's always problems with the Olympics. <laughs> I was about to say, it goes on and on and on. I do think that, uh, you know, when I think of Japan, I think of like super high tech. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, and to find technology out. <laughs> we ain't even seen yet. Right. <laughs> and to find out. I mean, I just assume that, you know, which they don't have a, a military force. Yeah, not really. But I like to pretend that what they do have is uh, like some underground cave and they've got tanks that transform (laughs) and like link up to each other and can fly into space and stuff, you know? Well, you know, uh, my uncle, Eric, who happens to be half Japanese and half Chinese, uh, but that's really not of any bearing to this story. Right. But he lived in Japan when he was in the Air Force for a while. And one of the things he told me that I found was astonishing is that, um, like, on whatever day of the month when they did, like, bulk trash pickup, you know, for all the businesses, Mm -hmm. they would take, like, perfectly good, you know, store display items and put them out because, you know, it was, like, a culture thing. They didn't want to sell something that was like that. So they would basically throw them away. So Mm -hmm. here's Eric, you know, from... Georgia, (laughs) like rolling around getting all this like super cool technology. Of course, this is like 90s technology. Now it's all you would laugh about it, but he had like mini disc players and recorders and all that stuff that he'd just like gotten off the street. Cool. Yeah, that's so cool. I've thought about that. I was just like, man, I should plan a vacation, you know, during (laughs) that time. And just that would be the only purpose of me going over there. I've got like huge like 3D TVs and all this stuff. Yeah, but. 
Anyways, the the dude that's running the cybersecurity, he's in a little hot water. I just <laughs> no. have to say that. Would you say he has brought great dishonor on I his house? I feel like, yeah, that's what they said when he was, you know, he should feel very ashamed. <laughs> yes. I was like, man, this dude's going to fall on his sword or something, you know? <laughs> that's tough. You know, I, I feel like he, he pulled the move, like, look, computers, I have my underlings do all that stuff, and they bring it <laughs> yes. to me, you know, which is basically what any old person does you know they're like hey can can you print this pdf out for me or whatever i need to know how to format the spreadsheet so it actually adds a whole column and i don't have to do it by myself so he's basically just an old guy um i don't think that's terribly uncommon for the united states does he not get to uh i mean he's he's in this heated uh house session or whatever does he not get to call forth the opposition and challenge him to a duel and then they have like a sword fight maybe so (laughs) put on all that samurai gear i mean granted everything i know about japanese culture comes from saturday morning cartoons but (laughs) brad would know i just assume that that's when you start you know yelling out your attack you know (laughs) flaming roundhouse kick (laughs) it goes uh what is it super cyan or whatever (laughs) yes it's over nine thousand what nine thousand (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's I. I don't know a whole lot about (laughs) Japanese culture either, but uh, yeah, that's dude. I I mean, I feel like that's something that would happen in America, though. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't think that would happen in Japan. I would. I would expect that more from (laughs) the Trump administration. You know. (laughs) Well, you know, it came out like a few years ago um, that you know, pretty much our entire nuclear weapons arsenal is still on floppy disk. You know, like all the technology for it. Yeah, but they can't hack it. That's what they said. They're like, we've never upgraded it because you can't hack it. Nobody, none of these kids know how to use it. You know, they don't know what it is. So our, our, you know, nuclear technology is on like a 30 year old system. And the Dems are like, the Russians could hack it. Right. They can hack. The Russians are the most powerful hacking force in the entire world. They can hack those 60 year old voting machines. (laughs) They're doing all kinds of stuff. Which, by the way, I just throw this out here editorially. Can we get Florida to move into like the 21st century of voting? Because they have problems every election. Yes. And, you know, they're still on paper ballots. We're destroying trees. We're doing all kinds. <laughs> we're having recounts. They just can't get it together. And it's been a problem now for almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you have states like Alabama that can vote and report in one day. I mean, we're Alabama, y'all. <laughs> Like we yes. have all kind of problems. Our state should be broke. last place here. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're last place in like education. We're last place in all these different every any measurable category. When you look at places you want to live, you're like Alabama, probably not. You know. You know what I think that is? Why? Because we have nine seats in the House of yeah. Representatives. Yeah. If there were more seats, yeah, that may for, be a bigger problem for election that yeah. would, or more electoral votes. Yeah, that may be. A, I think that would. Uh, you we might have a point there. <laughs> we might have more. More problem in our I, elections if we had more uh, say yeah. in the direction of the nation. I would just like to nation. see Florida shore that up. You know, like let's just work right. on that a little bit. And let's try to let's try to upgrade. When you have states like Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana beating <laughs> you, and, and your their election electoral technology or whatever, then you should you should do some self introspection and go. We need to do better. Yeah. Well, maybe this is just the conspiracy theorist in in me. Oh, but. You see this in purple states, you know. <laughs> California True. never has a problem. True. Alabama's never has a problem. Yeah. It's going to be in the Oh yeah. I'm sorry, it's going to be the states that are contested. Contested that right. you're going to see all legitimately these contested, I <laughs> yes. guess, right. Yeah. Yeah, cuz like if Doug Jones did win, 
our uh, our Senate seat, you know, mm-hmm. as a Democrat. Now, but now Roy Moore's horse right. could beat him <laughs> right. in the next election. So the Republicans, <laughs> for some reason, put up the absolutely worst. <laughs> You know, opponent. <laughs> they went through the entire state and were like, who can we get yes. that has no shot at winning this election <laughs> against a Democrat in our solidly red state? And they're like, yeah, let's get Roy Moore to do it. You know, he's going to do a lot of stuff to embarrass himself. He may have fooled around with some underage people <laughs> at some point in time. So, but I feel like when Doug Jones comes up for re-election, he's going to have a hard time. Yeah, because you think if if <laughs> the Republican Party puts up anyone other than Roy Moore, right. yeah, but we'll probably find somebody crazier, you know, to put up because that's just what. Can we do you find somebody mind. crazier? Possibly, I don't know. I don't know because I really do feel like my dog could beat Doug Jones in the next yeah, election. I, I would you think, know. I think I could beat. It Doug takes Jones. Roy Moore. Yeah. <laughs> for right. Doug Jones to right. win, I would. I don't know if Roy Moore. I don't know him at all, and he may be like a great dude and help everybody in the world out and all that. But I feel like when he lays down at night, you know, and it's like quiet and dark in his bedroom, mm-hmm. he just has to like play in his mind about how he lost that election. Yeah. You know, it probably eats him up on the inside. Well, you know, when you're brandishing a handgun at your yes, rallies right. with know. a like 10 gallon cowboy hat on <laughs> yes. and riding horses to the poles and stuff that is wild that's how we do it down here in alabama it's just wild yeah you know which like like i said we we fall and we lack behind in a lot of place a lot of areas um and that's cool because it keeps people from moving here <laughs> you know and it's actually alabama's actually a pretty cool and awesome place to live um if you you know, take out our state government and our education system and a lot of other things. Our highway department, is, <laughs> we, we can't fix a road for nothing around here. And uh, But other than that, it's totally cool. You know, I like it. We got beautiful places to hike like I went this yep. weekend. We got mountains. We got beaches. We got the Gulf Coastal Plain. We got We've got the cool best state. college football team. Great football team. <laughs> we are like the third most eco-diverse state in the union. So uh, that's pretty amazing. Uh, then uh, in and of itself, we have more species of crawdads than any other state in the union. And every single that. one of them is delicious. That's right. Also, the eastern hemlock is uh, going extinct, basically. There's an invasive like aphid or something that's taking it out. And the Sipsi Wilderness still has, like, the only real population. It's like an island of eastern hemlock down here. And when when that pest finally makes it here, uh, it'll take it out. And that species will be, that species of tree will basically be off the face of the earth. Yeah. I learned that this weekend. But that's natural selection. I mean, well, so. not with not with an invasive <laughs> species, though. Yeah. I don't know that that's natural, natural. But it is. Artificial selection. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> I just want to do something about the ladybug problem we have now, dude. Like, Don't even get me started. It's crazy.
move on to something normal. Um, a man was arrested after allegedly setting fire to speed camera with flaming underwear. <laughs> well, I know when I want to set a camera on fire, that's uh, underwear yeah. is where my mind goes. Yeah, right. That's what <laughs> I think. Like, underwear. That's perfectly logical. Uh, a man has been arrested after he allegedly tried to burn down a traffic camera in Adelaide twice in one night. Um, this is out of Australia, by the way, if y'all aren't familiar where Adelaide is. Uh, the speed camera at an intersection of Anzac Highway and Green Hill Road, which we all know where that is, um, was smashed and set alight at about 12.20 a.m. <laughs> Wednesday, South Australian police said. Police and fire crews were called to the scene and quickly extinguished the small fire, but roughly three hours later, it was lit again. Uh-oh. Yeah. He must have had something in them drawers, you know. Uh, witnesses reported seeing a man throw flaming underwear at the device and called the second fire into police. Uh, a 40-year-old Renella man was arrested at the scene and charged with two counts of arson. A spokesman for the uh, South Australian police told Yahoo 7 News that closer inspection revealed the charred garment at the base of the speed camera was more likely to be socks and not underwear. Uh, and police said they are now investigating just how much damage was done to the camera and whether or not it is still operational. The man's vehicle was seized for forensic examination and he is expected in front of a court Wednesday. So good luck to him <laughs> in this. But, uh, you know, we got intersection cameras here. We at, do. At, at a few different intersections in town. I completely disregard them. You know? <laughs> I've never gotten a ticket in the mail from it. Right. But I've heard, and I don't know if this is true, so maybe people that know can tell me that uh, if you don't pay it, like there's nothing they can, there's really no enforcement to really? behind it. Yeah. Because it's like a civil matter or yeah. something like that. So, Well, I don't make a habit of running red lights. Me either. But yeah, yeah, I should go on the record and say that. <laughs> yes. I'm a very safe driver. I'm the safest driver I know, by the way. Uh, <laughs> But if you get caught some in some of our intersections, it's it's pretty hard, you know, like the one on Skyline down there where you, if you're trying no. to turn left and you just, you need more than three seconds on yeah. that yellow light. Yeah, right. Or something <laughs> yes. tough. Yeah. So and when they do, I'm just like, oh well. But mm -hmm. I've never received anything in the mail, so I don't even know if they work or not. But if right. I were to get one, should I just ignore it? And then maybe possibly have to go to jail one day for like ignoring a warrant or something. I, I guess don't know. that's just a choice. Yeah, that we'll you'll see. have to make. We'll see. We'll it probably see. depends on what the balance in my checking account is that week. That's probably that's that's probably going to be our scenario too. <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't even if I got one. I wouldn't be like I'm going to burn this thing down. You right. just like have to deal with it, right? Maybe you go to court on the day you're supposed to go to court and to contest it, and you say. Well, I have a right. I have a legal right to face my accuser. Right. You're going to have to bring that camera in. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to face that camera. I want to put camera. it on the stand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I read something one time, too, about some guy that, like, timed all the yellow lights in his city because mm -hmm. it was like a they had a red light camera thing. Right. And he figured out that uh, they were all, like, shorter than whatever the legal limit was supposed to be. Uh -oh. Yeah, And then he, like, got fined by a city for doing it or something because it was, like, against some kind of city code to conduct a study without a permit or something like that. And, and then he goes to the ACLU. Yeah, right. And the city's like, uh, we should have just thrown out the ticket. Yeah, should have just let it go, man. Yeah, that's how it always goes. Yeah, so... 
Anyways, dude, flaming underwear. Definitely. I mean, the if you look at the pictures, the, the camera's like way up in the air and the fire's like way down at the base of it. I doubt there's going to be any like fire damage to this. Right. Thing, you know, if you're going to do it, you got to get up where the lens is, I would imagine, if you want to do some damage. Right. But anyways, he's 40 years old. Much too young. <laughs> should know better. Yeah, much too old to be doing something <laughs> like this. I gotta imagine he's on drinking or something. He had a few fosters or whatever. You Man. Know. Well, I've been looking forward to this next story that we're going to read uh, since we started recording. I'm going to try to read the story in a way not to give away the. <laughs> I'm just going to let you figure out what's going on. Okay. Oh, okay. There has been a man who has been accused in New Orleans of threatening to blow up a Willie's Chicken Shack. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. This happened on Tuesday night. It says, Arthur Posey, 30, was booked on charges in connection to a bomb threat after his story was not corroborated with the restaurant's employees. Ooh. New Orleans police wrote in the warrant, Shortly after police were made aware of the bomb threat at the Canal Street restaurant, an officer confronted Posey inside a business on the, in the next block where he where they saw Posey enter. It says, according to the warrant, the restaurant's manager said that a man later identified as Posey went into the restaurant and he approached the food preparation area and then asked what time the restaurant closed. Mm -hmm. She said that she didn't know what time it closed and the manager stated that he wore a green hat, a blue jacket, he carried a white bag, and then he replied, y'all are about to close right now because I am going to get a bomb and blow this place up. Okay. <laughs> okay, this happened. Uh, this bomb threat was re was reported shortly after 7 p.m. on Tuesday. Okay, now, now, now I'm going to back up. <laughs> okay. I, was, I got a lot <laughs> of questions okay. right there. <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> but number one, how do you not know when your restaurant closes? <laughs> that's, that's a good question. You know, I mean, I know some restaurants I'm thinking she probably like, just didn't want to tell him. Yeah. I was know? thinking a lot of restaurants are kind of open until, you know, right. like just, hey, when business stops coming in, we shut it down. When we quit making money, that's yeah, when we right. close. Yeah, or we run out of wings or whatever. Which I've never been to New Orleans, but in Canal Street, isn't that pretty, yeah, pretty hopping place? Yeah, 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 it's pretty nice. Well, anyway, it says... uh Okay, when the police finally called up to him and they mm -hmm. asked him about this bomb threat, do you want to know what he had to say <laughs> no. about it? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> okay, he says, he claimed to the officer that he had told a male employee that he was going to blow the bathroom up <laughs> in reference to a bowel movement. <laughs> okay. Dude, that's disgusting! All right, makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> and then, of course... The manager of the restaurant is saying, look, he never said anything about a bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, I could see where you might misunderstand that. Yeah. You know, like, hey, what time you guys close? Like, oh, you'll have to shut it down. I'm going to blow your bathroom up. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to just shut it on down. Let me let you know. Yeah. That's why I had a strict customers only bathroom <laughs> policy at my place. Yeah. You had to buy a sandwich if you wanted to blow up your yes, bathroom. Yes, that's right. Yes. Because, <laughs> I mean, hey, honestly, it got bad because we were down by all those bars and yeah. people would want to go to like a clean restroom or whatever. Right. And they would just come in all the time like, look, guys, I'm paying for water here and y'all aren't buying anything. So, <laughs> you know, we need to get you to buy something. <laughs> 
No, I mean, that's wild. Is that not a precious story? It is. It is. And I felt like if if I was the officer, I'd be like, okay, man, you're free to go. (laughs) Let me check and make sure you don't have any bomb materials on you and stuff. All right. Yeah, you're good to go. Well, then he might be like, oh, no, officer. I'm I'm, I'm about to blow it up. Man, well, I mean, prayer sent to Willie's Chicken Shack down there. <laughs> and author Posey. Yeah, and Mr. Posey. I feel feel like I you've you been wrongfully accused, my I friend. you didn't blow it up too bad. <laughs> no. I hope he got a chance before he got brought into jail. You know? Those jail toilets are tough, you know, so I've heard. Aren't they just like out in front of everybody? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody yeah. gets to witness. In my limited experience. The destruction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, gets really awkward when somebody's <laughs> got to go. <laughs> really awkward. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Just... You just see some of those other guys thrown in the tank with him, and be like, "Officer, he wouldn't get it. He's yeah, blowing right. it up over here." <laughs> They're like rattling the bars, like you got to let us out of here, man. <laughs> this is cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> I confess, you know, I did it. Let me out. <laughs> That's wild. That's wild. You want to you want to pick your words wisely. <laughs> yes. I'll say choose your words carefully. Yeah, right. Yeah, you don't want to just go around this day and age <laughs> yes. talking about explosive stuff. So in the early nineties, you might could have. Yeah, you could have got away with it. Got away with this, yeah. but yes. Ever since the Oklahoma City and absolutely since nine eleven. Yeah, you yeah. Wanna, you just don't want to be doing anything. You like want to be. Funny but I'm guilty. I, I've used that same phrase before. I have so. to. I have to. <laughs> but no longer. I like to say dominate. Like, I'm about to dominate this bathroom. <laughs> I'm going yeah. to make it subject to my will or whatever. Yeah. yeah. yeah that I'm one's gonna, better. Yeah. I like it. And it can be misinterpreted as vaguely sexual. So. <laughs> I knew he was a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yeah. But, uh, uh, dominate. Yeah, that's uh, that's wild. And just a funny little side story. We have a computer program um, that we use at work, and the guy who does all the programming for from us is Syrian. He's you know his home country is Syria. Right. Well, we have a function, um, and Trump let him in. <laughs> yeah, he's been in for a long time. Okay, long time. Super nice dude. Also, like very nice guy. Smells great too. Like oh one, wow. One time I shook his hand. I was like, man, like you smell good. Do you use some sort of lotion or something? And he hasn't spoken to me since. <laughs> but uh, he's he's not in the office that uh, that much, and I'm not in the office that right. much. But uh, but anyways, we have a function in the computer system where we we call. Uh, bombing b-o-m-ing oh uh, and so uh he realized that you know he does a lot of work from us remotely like we'll call and say hey we need to do this and he flies a lot because he programs for a lot of companies and uh he realized that he can't say <laughs> when he's in an airport the you know bomb he's talking to somebody <laughs> he because he's gonna get turned he needs in. another word yeah right yes so he'll be like, I can't talk about that right now. I'll call you when I get to the hotel or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Anyways, I just thought, I just think that's funny. Got to be tough being Syrian, you know, this day and age trying to fly around. Anyways, well, he, he knows how to choose his words carefully. Yes, right. So yeah. Yeah. He's, that man is a survivor. He's not going to be like Mr. Posey here. <laughs> no. Yeah. But no, he's super, he's super cool dude from my limited interactions. Although I'm pretty sure he thinks I'm extremely weird and I don't know that he's that wrong yeah, in his opinion. Saying, yeah. you know that's totally fine all right so let's move on to to another uh 
a story, a, really a love story when you get down to it. Um, a Saskatoon widow has her husband's tattoos and the skin they're on preserved. Okay. Yeah. And I feel like for my cousin Casey and Ryan, who uh, I know Casey listens from time to time, um, this might be something you guys want to look into one day because um, there's apparently a service that does. I was this. about to say I might need to shoot her email myself because yeah. yeah. you know. Yeah, you got to, you're tatted up could, too, right? Well, no, I wouldn't say tatted up. But oh I've yeah, no. yeah, you got enough to keep you out of heaven. Darren's going to need something to remember me by. <laughs> um, we've never had a request like this," said a local funeral dir- funeral director. Uh, some people put a photo of their departed loved ones above the living room fireplace. Others spread the deceased ashes. Um, Saskatoon tattoo shop owner Cheryl Wenzel's late husband and business partner, Chris, left her with a far more unconventional instructions. He wanted to have his tattoos removed and displayed to the whole world, said the 40-year-old widow. He would always say, well, I get all these hours of tattoos put into me, and nobody can see them. Why get buried with them? That's uh, an excellent point. I'm going to assume it wasn't an open <laughs> open casket. Um, we <laughs> the, the Wenzels, who were teenage sweethearts, stayed together for 23 years. That's what you like to see in a marriage. Yes. You know, you'll see people get together and stay together. He was a lead artist at the couple's Saskatoon business, Electric Underground Tattoo. I love the name of tattoo shops. One of my hobbies is just like seeing <laughs> all the different names people come up with them for. Um, she worked behind the scenes, taking appointments and serving as his second eye as he bent over his designs. Um, the partnership came to an end last month when Chris, 41, died of heart failure. Man, that's early. It is early. Man. It is early. Uh, I'm not saying if maybe he had a cocaine problem or something like that, <laughs> but I don't know. Um, that left Cheryl to run the shop solo and handle his complicated post-death request. He mm. had some really beautiful work, she said, of the tattoos that stretched from his neck down to his lower legs. There were skulls on his hands. I feel like skulls are pretty common. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, there's... In the tattoo. Most... No, I don't have a skull. But no. there's a lot of people out there who yeah. have... Their attitude is, if you're going to get one tattoo, it's going to be a skull. Yeah, you got to get a you skull. Know? Right. Um, he had a Japanese warrior on his back and two hawks fighting a snake on his chest just to name three of many. And he's covered. I mean, he's like, right. he's totally covered up. And the Hawks are really cool. I mean, I mean it's mm-hmm. cool looking. Um, and Chris wanted all of them preserved, it says. They contacted this uh, Morning Glory um, funeral home, is what it was called. Um, Why couldn't they have recorded <laughs> that phone call oh, that and actually, put it on the internet yes. for everyone to listen to? Yeah. Morning Glory Funeral Services. Kyle Sherwood, who's an embalmer from Save My Ink Forever, based in Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, there we go. You might want to jot that name down. (laughs) Um, Sherwood traveled north to Saskatoon. Saskatoon's in Canada, if I'm I'm correct in my geography. I have no idea. I'm pretty sure it is. Okay. Um, To help, help the Morning Glory Funeral Service with the procedure. Chris got it done on Halloween night, said Cheryl. Of course, you know, (laughs) when else would you get that done? Yeah. At one point, the funeral director came out and said, uh, we have some concerns. His body has gone through so much already. We're not sure if we can get his back tattoo removed. But Cheryl was resolute. 
I just helped hear. I just kept hearing Chris say, "All of them. I want them all. <laughs> got to catch them. Got to catch them all." <laughs> um, it was the largest skin removal job uh, Sherwood's company has ever performed since launching in 2016. Like to like for you to have a little more than two years' experience. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, in this industry, yeah, I, I feel like two years is, is a long time. Yeah, that's a good business. point. That's a good point. <laughs> Um. Oh, even so, Cheryl was able to have an open casket wake for Chris. So, so that's well. Cool. I was about to say, you know, they said that his tattoos was from the neck down. Yeah. So, I mean, you put the guy in a suit, right? You know, he, maybe a turtleneck because he had some up on his neck too. So, right. Yeah. Cover that <laughs> up. Okay. No, yeah. give him a scarf. Yeah. There you go. An ascot. <laughs> yeah. And so he looks classy. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um. Fortunately, he didn't have the uh, like a you know spider web on his head or something yeah right you know? yeah like teardrops or something about his eyes or anything like that right if he, if he would have had like a tattoo on his head you'd have to give him a fedora yeah. true <laughs> very true <laughs> i feel like when you get the face tattoos you're just like i'm done with normal society right I'm, I'm i'm checking out you know like this isn't for me i'm gonna do my own thing so yes um, neck, I guess neck too, but if you can cover them up, I don't know, man, I'm not a tattoo expert. I don't have any, so well, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, they handled him in such an amazing way. She said at the funeral home, my kids were just like, Hey dad, which is a little weird. Um, the preservation process will take three and a half months. Chris skin, Chris's skin will come out like parchment paper ready for framing in UV ray resistant frames. Um, said Sherwood, museum quality, he pointed out, is what wow. they will be. Um, Sherwood wouldn't divulge exactly how the process works. That's our secret sauce, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what it's in the Big Mac sauce or the recipe for Coke, so we keep that a secret. I would just like to say, I think we've all came to agree with that. It's Thousand Island on a Big Mac, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. It's Thousand Island. We do yeah. know the sauce on the right. Big Mac. Yeah, but Coke, I, I get okay, the Coke Okay, I got reference. you. Yeah. yeah, good point. Um, we also don't know what's in the the baked beans. The no, That's right. That's a dog does. The dog though, right? does, yeah. but I think that dog passed away, so oh. he took it to his grave. Oh, man, that's yeah. tough. Oh. you got to get that dog stuffed. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah. um, the final product's shelf life is also unclear. Um, Sherwood said the first skin sample tested before uh, that saved my ink forever uh, did is now five and a half to six years old. And it looks as good as day one. Um, still, he added, you wouldn't leave it sitting out in the sun. You want to treat it like a precious piece, piece of art. Well, that's what it is. Yeah, right. Uh, the process will probably cost her around $80,000. Yeah, that's expensive. Wow. Yeah. Um, I love my husband, she said. Anything he wanted, he always got, no matter what. So, I, I mean, way to respect your husband's last wishes, mm-hmm. you know, um, as morbid as it may seem. I wouldn't want, like, a, a piece of my re- loved one's skin hanging up in my house, but... If it had awesome tattoos all over it, I would. I don't think I would. I think you know? I would. I mean, I don't you know what? I, you know what? I'm thinking. Here's what's in my head. <laughs> Maybe this is just because I'm a twisted person. <laughs> but you know how, like Batman, when he goes down in the Batcave, he's got like the suit behind glass. Yeah. You know, I want the skin. I don't want it stretched <laughs> out like a tapestry. I actually want it, like you know, 
<laughs> like this the, is getting a little into like Silas <laughs> of the Lambs. I don't know where you're going with this. Precisely. I want the dude's skin like stretched out on like a, a, mannequin? a mannequin Okay, behind glass. And I want the glass rotating. Oh, okay. <laughs> you may you can make him get in this line of work. That would be pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's gotta be an extra like twenty thousand for the display case, right? Yeah, I don't think we could be save my ink forever. Yeah. We might would be save my ink a little longer. Right. <laughs> I just man, I don't know the secret sauce. I don't. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> we just put Thousand Island on it. <laughs> Soy sauce. <laughs> I mean, I've skinned some animals before. It's not an easy job to do. No, you know? it's not. Uh, uh, so I don't know how all that works. I just feel like, you know... When Deidre goes, when you know, <laughs> hopefully it's way, way down the road, and I've already died. First. Yeah, <laughs> but if I happen to be alive, I would not want that reminder. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have any tattoos, but say tomorrow she decides to go and get, you know, <laughs> get all these tattoos, get, get John's girl on the small of her back <laughs> or something. Uh, you know, I, I just don't know that I would want that hanging up. You yeah. know, yeah, like, hey, look, look, kids, look, our, their grandkids come over. Hey, this is Grandma's tattoo she had. <laughs> I, this is weird to me, but you know, I, I'm just, I'm just not my thing. But I, I really do respect this lady, like doing it because you know all the weird stuff i said i wanted at my funeral deidre's gonna be like no i'm not doing any of that we're gonna have a normal funeral and i already know that and that's totally cool because i'm dead i don't care but you know i really want many kids to be at my funeral i really think we should we should set a date sometime in the future whenever that is and just go ahead and have your funeral now Because right. it sounds so awesome. If, let's say if we get <laughs> and to And then like, that way you'd be alive. You could enjoy it. Let's say we average, uh, if we get to like an average of 10,000 downloads an episode, we'll just have a funeral for me. Yes. Yeah, it'll be my funeral. <laughs> That'd be good for publicity. That would be too. awesome. Yeah. yeah. We have like a memorial show. <laughs> Some people come in and talk about how special I was. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll live stream the funeral. T-shirt cannons, all the 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 whole nine yards, and yeah. you don't have to be sad because John's right here. Yeah, I'm actually alive. He's, he's not gone uh, yet. <laughs> I could lay in the coffin like pop up in the middle of it. <laughs> That's actually cool. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. So, I, but I know Deidre won't do any of that, and I'm fine with that. You know, and especially if I was like, "Hey, babe, I'm saddling you with an eighty thousand dollar, you know, <laughs> cost." You better have a good yeah. life insurance policy. I have an excellent life insurance policy, but. uh I don't want her to have to take 80 grand for that. I want her to use that to get like a swimming pool or something. You know? <laughs> right. Do something fun for yourself with it. <laughs> Pay for the kids to go to college or something. So, yeah. Anyways, kudos to Cheryl. Well, on to my last story. And we're not going to spend a ton of time on this, but uh, Iceland's president admits that he went too far with his threat to ban pineapple pizza. Oh, okay. Now, I personally feel I, he didn't go far enough. No. <laughs> You know? I, I support this man. <laughs> I know. I mean, if he has done anything to cause me to to question his leadership, it would be that he didn't. That he's a half measure man, right? He didn't. He didn't go all the way. Yeah, you gotta. You gotta do that. You gotta get. <laughs> okay, I think this is. Uh, is it Goonie? Johannesson? Yeah, sounds right. <laughs> yeah. I think you nailed it. <laughs> Says he reflects on his 2017 topping scandal that divided the internet and drew a rebuke from Canada. Oh. Uh, nearly two years after the president of Iceland drew Canada's ire with his disparaging comments about pineapple pizza, uh, the former president says he regrets his off-the-cuff remarks. <laughs> During a visit to a local high school in February 2017, 
He responded to a student's question about pizza by saying he was fundamentally opposed to the fruit toppings and that he would like to ban it. Okay. Uh, the comment sparked international debate. We know all about the head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. We've had an international debate in our <laughs> yes. Facebook group about it. <laughs> about the so-called Hawaiian pizza. The invention of Southern Ontario's restaurateur, Sam Panopoulos, who died <laughs> in June 2017 at the age of 82. Oh. Uh, that's where the influence of his office sort of, yeah, got the better of me, he told As It Happens host Carol off during an interview for the show's 50th anniversary in which he reflected on the divisive saga. I went a step too far. Hmm. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau weighed in at the time, issuing a tweet in which he declared himself a member of hashtag Team Pineapple. <laughs> And started his support for this delicious southwestern Ontario creation. Uh, even Panapolos himself entered the fray in a February 2017 interview with, as it happens, the famed pizza maker said of the president, he should know better. I'm sure he is a lot younger than I am, and I was doing pizza when I was a young guy. You know what I mean. <laughs> Do you know what he means? I don't know what he I means. Don't really I don't know, know what, what you mean, mean. sir. No. Yeah. <laughs> I think that pineapple's going to your head. <laughs> The debate became so widespread and intense that he had to issue a statement explaining that he had neither the will nor the power to ban the sweet and savory creation. Uh, he should have put like a little sad face emoji at the end of that statement, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, too bad I don't. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Let's get this man the power he needs. That's what you know? say, yeah. I had to think it through and sort of calm these stormy waters, and I issued a statement a presidential statement on pineapples on pizza. As much as I do not like pineapple on pizza, the individual freedom of having the topping of your choice overrides that. Okay. Uh, however, he maintains to this day that the topping is no good. That's right. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> I have nothing against pineapples, but when they're put on pizza, they get all mushy. Uh, yeah. Fruit. Pineapples were not meant to go through an oven. No. You know? Yeah, no, no, not at all. They're supposed to be crisp. Yeah. You know, that's just my opinion. Uh, Off-questioned uh, Johannesson's convenient change of heart about the Hawaiian pizza, telling him, Sir, we can't, we'll, sir, we call it a flip-flop. The president replied, I think politicians in general should be allowed to not flip-flop, but revise to change their mind. You know what's wrong with changing your mind. Uh, but the scandal didn't end there. Oh. In his revised statement... He made yet another controversial remark about pizza toppings, writing, For pizzas, I recommend seafood. So. <laughs> seafood? Seafood. Oh, goodness. What's wrong with this that guy? Yeah. Man. Goodness. He can't let it go. <laughs> I've noticed, you know. This prompted uh, Panapolos, the guy who invented Hawaiian pizza, to, to tweet out that he was just trying to bolster his nation's fishing industry. <laughs> <laughs> to which okay. I was like, well, what's wrong with that? Yeah, yeah, okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, I think Sam Panapolos correctly guessed what was behind this, Johannesson admitted in his interview with Off. Iceland are a nation of fisher folk, and you know, if everyone put seafood on their pizza, that would be a very nice thing to do for us. Yeah. Uh, he balked at off suggestion that he was in the pocket of big fish. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, he said. <laughs> But in all honesty, seafood on pizza is good. You should try it. 
So, well, I, this guy's found out exactly what we found out, <laughs> yeah. and that's that big pineapple's powerful lobby. Like it knows <laughs> no end. It never sleeps. It never rests. No, it, you once you step off in those waters, you're in for a long swim. You know. Yeah. So absolutely, a big case. pineapple won't let it go down. They're gonna keep pushing until they, you know, get their way or whatever. And <laughs> it's just bad. You know? Yeah. We don't need that in government. We need to be able to ban people who are weird, in my opinion. I used to think abortion was a controversial topic until we weighed in on the pineapple pizza debate. Yes, you're right. Abortion has nothing on pineapple pizza. Nothing on pineapple pizza, people. No, those people are, they are like, they will come burn down your house if you speak against pineapple pizza. Yes. Just be aware, President, whatever your name was. <laughs> yeah. it's, you're in for a long ride, buddy. You're never going to live it down. You make one little offhand comment on a very small podcast, and you hear about it once a week at least. But you got to double down on that. Yeah, you can't, yeah. I'm not backing up. I'm, I will. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say, you know what, I made a mistake. Right. I mean, when it comes to this issue... Yeah. Because you're not going to get their respect. They're not, Never. They're, they're not going to say, okay, well, you know what? You messed up. They're yeah. going to just, they're going to come after you that That's much. Right. They're going to say that as weakness. That's right. You yeah. know? Yeah. You can't let them um, know that you may be reconsidering. Not that I am, because I'm not. I never will. <laughs> and I want pineapple on my pizza. So, but I mean, if, if you show that little chink in your armor, they're going to, they're going to go right for it. And, go for the throat. Yeah. Right. Like a rabid pit bull. That's a, that's the best way I could I could put it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So let's go to our last story, and it's also food related. It's a very short story out of Valley, Alabama. Do you know where Valley, Alabama is? I do not. It's just in East Alabama, in Chambers County. Okay. All right. Um, over by the uh, the Walmart, uh, the, the Chattahoochee, the Chattahoochee <laughs> okay. River, way down yonder on the Chattahoochee. It gets um, hotter than uh, well a lot of things. Uh, yeah. Um, it gets as hot as hot sauce, um, which police say hot sauce was used as a weapon in a store holdup. Oh, yeah. Um, this is a very short article. Um, police say an Alabama man threw hot sauce on a 73-year-old store clerk during a holdup. Oh man. The Auburn Opelika, or I'm sorry, the Opelika Auburn News reports that police in the East Alabama town of Valley arrived at the convenience store Sunday morning to find the clerk in pain with orange liquid on her face and in her eyes. Um, the woman told officers a man came to the register to buy two pieces of candy and flung a cup of liquid into her face when she opened the drawer. She told the officers the man then began grabbing cash. Officers later, later determined the liquid to be hot sauce. You think they just like, like <laughs> you know, you see like, yeah. yep, this hot <laughs> like sauce. Test cocaine, you know, in all the, all the movies. <laughs> yeah. uh, police say 42-year-old Michael Brisky of Lafayette, not to be confused with our hometown of Fett, uh, is charged with robbery and theft. Court records aren't available to show whether he has a lawyer. And that's the end. But uh, I feel like, I don't know, I guess you get charged with some kind of assault, but it's better than armed robbery. That's true. You know? Yeah, so you're not automatically... But it said the lady was, what, 72? 73. 73? You don't need to go throwing hot sauce no, on a 73-year-old lady. I bet she's just... like so sweet and everybody in that town I loves know. her. 
let's go see Miss Mabel down at the convenience store and I mean, get you, a pack of Winston's. You shouldn't rob. No. But in that case, you can probably just... Scared. Just be like, give me the money. <laughs> you you know? might just hop over the counter yeah. and take it. You don't need to go throwing hot no. sauce on her. No. Man. But at least it was only hot sauce. You know, That's I'm, true. It could have It'll sting your eyes. I've gotten hot sauce <laughs> in my eyes before. Um, it'll sting your eyes, but it's not like, you know, I don't think permanently damaging or anything. Right. Which, by the way, why do we got Meemaw working down at the convenience <laughs> store, too, on, alone on a shift? She needs some help down there, you know? That's a good point. Somebody's got to restock the beer cooler and all that. She don't need to be back there doing that. So, it's just another symptom of um, how we don't care about our elders in America anymore. Mm-hmm. Social Security gets robbed and all that stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kidding. I don't know. But yeah, I don't. I would. I would like to see her enjoying her time on the front porch shelling peas like every 73-year-old lady should be and doing. And baking sweet potato pies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Coming to the church social and sending out birthday cards to everybody in her Sunday school class and doing normal 73-year-old lady stuff. How's that? Yeah. There's a question I have. <laughs> I don't want to, because we're, you know, we've, we've been going a little bit. But have you noticed that really like 90% of women, when they hit that certain age, they get that same hairstyle. It's like that helmet, you know, <laughs> yeah. hairstyle. And uh-huh. I don't know why that is, I, but it, maybe it's like a Southern thing. I don't know if it exists anywhere else in the world, but they all get that same hairstyle. And I don't know why that is. And I, I bet know. she had it, you know, is that, that helmet hair or whatever. <laughs> That's what I call it. But yeah, but yeah, she should be, she should be not working on a Sunday. In Valley, Alabama. I'd like to see her retire and take it easy for a while. But she may be like, we got a lady who works for our company is 87. I hope they get this guy. And I hope he gets like, you know, straight up mace in his face. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just right in his eyeballs. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to hit the button on (laughs) that. Like, I mean, again, when we talked about this last week, I can't be a police officer because if if I responded to this and then caught the guy, he could have his hands up in the air and I'd tase him anyway. Absolutely. (laughs) He was resisting arrest. Yes, absolutely. That would, uh, that'd be me too. There's a reason (laughs) I'm not a police officer. And and that's it. I'm, I'm, I would get in a lot of trouble for doing stuff like that. I would try to act like it was an accident. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I'd be like, we didn't recover the hot sauce because for some reason he dumped it out in his own eyes <laughs> yeah. after we caught him. It's really weird when we walked <laughs> up. He was pouring it in his own eyes. It's crazy. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is with him. So, you want to hit some community news? Let's do it. All right, we want to thank our sponsor, world-famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice, for their support. Check them out at www.cajuncurl.com. You can use the promo code EOP10 to get a 10% discount on everything you buy there. You can get their spice and their Cajun Curl cutters for potatoes right there. So you can make your own homemade potatoes. Check it out at cajuncurl.com. It was created on the... uh, thankful Elm Bayou. <laughs> you took the words right out of my That's mouth. Right. In Evangeline <laughs> Parish, Louisiana. It's a seasoning that goes on everything. If you like cooking or eating, this is a spice for you. Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice goes well with chicken, beef, pork, potatoes, turkey, 
Sweet potato pie. Dressing. Dressing. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'd be amazing at dressing. Peas and water chestnuts. Okay. All right. Uh, that Corn little, casserole. That little pink salad your aunt always brings. You know, like gelatin salad <laughs> yes. your aunt always brings to Thanksgiving. Sprinkle a little bit on that. See what happens. Green bean casserole. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that'd be good. Big Pecan pie. Pecan pie. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh the spiral potato cutter is absolutely amazing. It's easy to use, it's easy to clean, and it will allow you to make your own chips using the Cajun Girl Spice. Um, if you want to turn your Thanksgiving up a notch, just kick it on up a notch like em- Emerald would. Um, whip up a batch of homemade potato chips for everybody. Maybe snack on while they're waiting on the turkey to get done, you know, because mm-hmm. somebody put it in a little later than they should have. Uh, maybe maybe Papa was drinking a little bit before he got in the kitchen to carve it up. Uh, yeah, so get you get your potato cutter, make you some homemade potato chips, and it'll make your Thanksgiving go well. On uh, CajunCurl.com, you can find the uh, you can order the original Bayou London spice and the chip cutter, but you'll also find recipes that are absolutely amazing. You can use them for Thanksgiving. Um, you can locate your nearest retailer or order your own there. Um, here locally, it's at Vowels on Skyland Boulevard, South Finest Meats, and Northport Piggly Wiggly. Northport Piggly Wiggly. Yes, I always have trouble getting that out. It's right. in my mind. I just can't get it from my mind to my mouth. Um, if your local grocer doesn't carry world-famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice... Ask them why the heck not. That's right, yeah. I mean, throw a fit about it, really. Yeah. Just show your rump in there and, <laughs> and, and see what happens. Maybe they'll get it in. And one day they'll thank you. Yeah. When it's flying off the shelves. Exactly. Um, all of their products are made in the USA, so not only do you enjoy the taste of Cajun Curl, but you also feel like you're at the very first Thanksgiving with Squanto and the Pilgrims <laughs> while you enjoy your meal. It's all natural, it's low salt, and it has a little kick to it, but it doesn't burn your lips. World famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice. Taste the spice, but not the heat. We ask our audience to use Cajun Curl in your cooking, in your eating, but we don't ask you to pay full price. That's right. Use promo code EOP10 and save 10%. That's right. Save 10%. Go on their website today, order it. Um, I'm not sure if it'll get there before Thanksgiving or not, but I'm just going to say it is. Uh, but I'm not <laughs> I'm not making any guarantees or anything like that. But just give it a shot, you know? Yeah. And a Thanksgiving miracle may happen, and it may arrive at your door. And uh, and you've saved ten percent using EOP ten, and you've saved Thanksgiving. And you saved Thanksgiving. <laughs> no more bland, oversaged uh, dressing from Grandma. You can now, no more dry turkey. That's right. No more. Um, I don't know any other bad thing that might be at your <laughs> Thanksgiving. All the food's really good at mine, but it's going to yeah. be better now because both my <laughs> aunt and my mom, one of my aunts and my mom are avid supporters of Cajun Curl. So um, we're definitely going to have it in several dishes at our Thanksgiving this year. Maybe I'll just come over to your house for Thanksgiving. Come on, man. We're having like <laughs> 38 people. I think my mom said last, wow. last go around. It's a big, this is a big holiday in my family. We all get together for Thanksgiving. We're, we're actually, all parts of the world. We're actually not doing anything for Thanksgiving no, in my house. You know that? My mom. <laughs> I was going to say, for whatever reason, I don't know how this happened. But both sides of my family, for some reason, are fighting over Black Friday to oh. be the day that everybody gets together. All right. So, well, look, if you tell my mom that, <laughs> she'll invite you over. That's all you need to know. 
But yeah, you know, Black Friday is pretty crazy. And also, just as a side note for Black Friday, if you get a handful of Cajun curl and throw it into somebody's <laughs> face who's trying to get that TV you want, yes. you got a better shot at getting it. So you better pick up a, a can of it now yeah. and be ready to go, you know? And it won't burn them for long. No, no. They'll actually be like, wow, I can't see, but this tastes <laughs> so amazing. Sad. When it's over, they're going to be like, what was that <laughs> stuff? i got to give you some more of that. They're like... It was scraping off their cheek. Oh, yeah. I really like that. <laughs> it doesn't go so good in the eyes, but it goes excellent on the taste buds. That's right. It's perfect, you know. It's got kick to it, but it doesn't really burn my lips. I, I need to pick up a bottle. <laughs> and you can do that at KGCurl.com. That's right. With EOP10 as your promo code. Get a 10% discount. All right, we got any uh, new reviews this week? It's five stars. This is from November 5th, 2018, which is my birthday, by the way. Oh. Uh, it comes to us from Woo Pig Nursery. Uh, <laughs> and it's Woo. This podcast is like a cross between a bad bar combo and a three and three a.m. at Waffle House. <laughs> I can't stop listening. Well done, gentlemen. Keep it up. Then I would just like to say that's great. I mean, if we can reach bad bar conversations in 3 a.m. Waffle House, <laughs> yes. that's really, that's like our target audience. So, yeah. you know, you nailed us. That's Who what we're going has for. not been entertained by a 3 a.m. Waffle yeah. House conversation? Right. Yes. I right. mean. <laughs> no, there are some pretty amazing, there's some winners in there. We fit in. That's a, Those are our people. You know? Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's absolutely. where we come from. That's who we are. So, so we yeah. thank you so much, Woo Pig Nursery. Yeah, Woo Pig Nursery. And a big... Uh, what is it? Uh, a big woo pig suey. Yeah. That, well, so, yeah. I can't remember what Arkansas. It's like something like that. Woo pig. I think it's woo pig suey. Yeah. Woo pig suey. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 That's right. I've only been to one game in Fayetteville before. Beautiful town, by the way. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Go hogs. Um, yeah. Tough season this year. <laughs> tough season. Tough season. I feel like they're going to get it together. Oh, yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's like Arkansas, you know. They did win that game from us like back when they first joined the conference. It was like maybe 93 or mm-hmm. something where they. Had a touchdown, but the dude really didn't catch it. But whatever, I don't hold it against them. You know? I don't hold it against them. Yes. As some people would say, Alabama's gotten some favorable calls over the years, too. So, you know, <laughs> yes. There's a lot of people who think. Hey, on behalf of Bama Nation, <laughs> uh, that Mississippi State game, yeah. that was not a block in the back. <laughs> no, no, score definitely Score should not. have been 24-7. Yeah, yeah definitely not. <laughs> you know, could have been a trip. You know, but whatever. You know? <laughs> yes. But like I say, you know, like LSU fans went crazy the week before, you know, because their linebacker got suspended yeah. and all that. And James Carville's on the TV talking about how there's some kind of conspiracy for Alabama. And I'm like, how bad do you have to feel as an LSU fan that Alabama had to use the refs to cheat and beat Mississippi State, but they didn't have to use them to, <laughs> to beat you. Yeah, like, that's horrible. It's got to make you feel real bad. And no offense to any Mississippi State fans. I yes. mean, but most Mississippi State fans know what they are, you know, that which is not a perennial power in the SEC. <laughs> Dare I say, Mississippi State gave us a better game than number three LSU? I mean, it really was there for a while. We had to we had to use our power to get a fumble, yeah. you know, not yeah, reviewed. And uh and uh, a phantom black block in the back call to, to take away a touchdown. And then deserved. right after that, I mean, that was a legitimate delete 
Yeah, yeah it was a legitimate delay game. Yeah, de- yeah, it was definitely legitimate. But I'm sure we somehow distracted them oh, and yeah, caused yeah. that too. Well, so. we sped the clock up on that. <laughs> of course. Yes. That's what we do. You know, we have to cheat to win. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Which is fine. I've, I'm not a college football purist. You know, people are like, Alabama pays their players and all that. I'm like, I hope we do. You know? <laughs> like, I, I would. Yeah. Everybody else is. Yeah. I was like, I. They're like, oh, they all get new cars. I'm like, yeah, man, absolutely. Are you guys not doing that? You should try it. It's amazing. We win a lot of games. Say, Auburn know? did it, and they yeah. won national championships oh, yeah. yes. that year. Yes. Yeah, everybody knows Cam got paid, right? I mean, there's <laughs> yes. nobody out there that's, like, living under the illusion that he didn't, right? Yeah. And I, and I don't care that they paid him. That's he great. had, yeah. I was about to say, he, talented player. Yeah, absolutely. They, they won that legitimately. Yeah. He just got a little something, something for, his, come for, his, for his time. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine with me. I'm not one of those people that are like, oh, yeah, you know, we got to do all. And I'm like, no, man, let's all, let's just pay them all. You know, like whoever can pay the best, just go work there. That's fine with me. <laughs> yeah. That's fine with me. I don't know. Um, maybe. Anyways, I don't know why we can't pay a kicker at Alabama. I haven't figured that out. Can we not slide this dude a car or something? Our kicking game is so bad. It is, you know. But I feel like that the Lord knew if we had a good kicker, we would be too powerful, you know. I think Nick Saban, I I think he's, he's – if it if the game comes down to kicking, he feels like he hadn't done his job as a right. coach. You Maybe know? that's what it is. Like this is my punishment. <laughs> kind of like when I go to the dentist, you know, they're like getting on to me for not floss. I'm like, well, this is what I get. You know, like, let's just see it. This is what I get for the way I act. So yeah, yeah I could see that. Well, bring up my soundboard. App, my soundboard out back up. You have been listening to Earth Oddity Podcast, and we thank you so much for listening to us, no matter where you get us, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Acast, Overcast, Podcast Republic, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio. We're on them all. We're everywhere. Thank you so much. If you would like to email the show, we are earthoddity at planetmail.net. If you would like to tweet at us, we are at underscore earthoddity. We, we have an Instagram. <laughs> yes. It's also at underscore Earth Oddity. Sometimes we get some pictures put up in there every once in a while. And you can give us a call. What's That's that phone right. number? 662-493-2059. That's 662-493-2059. Call now. Call us. Yes. Holler at us. And we hope everyone out there has a great week. Earth Oddity for the Fringe Radio Network signing off. Love you guys. Bye. This has been a very odd production. Thanks for listening. <laughs>